Hello, corn dogs. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Well, Anchor by Spotify is your solution. Anchor allows you to make a podcast in the easiest way possible. Let me explain. Anchor has tools to let you record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. It also distributes all your podcasts for you, and you can listen on Spotify, Apple, wherever, and Anchor does all that for you. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, enjoy the show. Watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast, watch a new and podcast. They're a semi-chaotic team, man. They're here for podcasting. Watch a new and podcast. Watch a new and podcast. We're headed to the tri-state to hang with Phineas and Fern. So come along for all the thrill with Felipe, Navi, and Will. They're firing up the Rewatchinator. This is what we're going to do today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What You Doing. Here to talk about your favorite and our favorite Disney Channel cartoon, Phineas and Ferb. It is me, Felipe, Agent F. If you're if you're nasty, and I'm not alone. As always, I am joined by my lovely squad. First up, it's a woman who, for once, has a bed frame in sight. Navi, Navi, how are you doing up in the real Winnipeg once again? Hi, I'm doing well in the real Winnipeg. Uh, my mom and my brother are at Ikea. So I figured... Are they playing well. Ikea or Ikea this week? There? Maybe. <laughs> I hope they are. Yeah. Find out what's a real Ikea furniture thing or what is a butthole in Swedish. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Speaking of that episode of the Everyone and Your Brother podcast... Uh, it is Davis Commonwealth who is joining us, the curator and the, not the curator of the IKEA or the IKEA quiz, but one of the participants and the correct respondent when the question was indeed butthole. Yeah, I, I somehow knew the, the Swedish word for butthole. Um, this, this following podcast may horrify you, but uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. Yes, and he got a haircut. I did get a haircut. I, in yeah. fact, I got all of them cut. Whoa. It's it just like, you know, all the hairs on my head. It's not. Oh, I thought you meant like everywhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was it, like, that's it, also it, a lie. It, it, it was just a dad joke. That's all. Oh, uh, Jay got you. Speaking of our, our fourth wheel today, we, they are not our first repeat guests, but they are one of the most iconic guests. Every guest we have here is iconic though. Making their return appearance, lover of Tim Curry themselves, it is Jay, also a Mole Patrol enthusiast currently. Yes, I am a Mole Patrol enthusiast. And I'd like to think that Tim Curry would also be a fan of the Mole. There's just something about that show full of secrets and mystery. And... Get him for season three, uh, the reboot on Netflix. I hope so. I really do. The celebrity version, of course. Yes. I can see him, see him hosting the Mole, but like reprising his role from Clue. Do you think the people who went on Netflix and saw the show The Mole thought it was Dr. Pimple Popper? 
or something of that nature. <laughs> that would make me so sad for them, but nothing makes me happier than um, disappointing somebody who likes uh, Dr. Pimple Popper, so I hope so. Yes. Uh, do you think Dr. Juba Schwartz watches that, Dr. Pimple Popper? Ooh, like, I, I bet they're... Doctors? I bet they're colleagues. They're both they're both evil doctors. They both they both studied under the professor and tutelage of Dr. Not Havarti. Havarlik. <laughs> not Havarti. I wrote down Havarti in my notes for at least half the episode. <laughs> That's a really cheesy joke. <laughs> yes, but how's everyone doing? Jay, how are you doing? Especially returning to the podcast. Why this episode? So I am not only a Tim Curry enthusiast, but I also am just a literature enthusiast. I studied English as one of my minors in undergrad, and Frankenstein has always been a personal favorite. Um, Mary Shelley is a feminist icon in my person, and she was the daughter of a feminist icon as well. Um, And also, I used to work in a museum um, and love looking at different exhibits and love art and also just wanted to be with all of you and all of that came together in this wonderful episode. So first question about the museum, have you ever licked an artifact? I have not. I worked in the history museum. That would have been really bad. Uh, It's still some people that we have had on this podcast have done it before. I have asked my colleague if she would lick an artifact. She said no. Well, she is. But we did much read from diaries than, everyone was gay. She has much more self-control <laughs> than our mutual friend. That is and the responsible docs. opinion. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're here to talk about the monster of Phineas and Furbenstein, as well as oil on Candace here. Um, overall general thoughts on the episodes? Uh, these were really good. They I, were good. I, they were... I think this might be the first, maybe not the first week where where I mostly didn't remember the episode from my childhood, but I also loved both of these episodes. Yeah, um, I'm embarrassed that you know I've because we we look at the Phineas and Ferb wiki all the time, and I've seen like references to this oil on Candace episode, and it took me until literally halfway through this episode watching it to realize that this whole time it was it was a pun on oil on canvas oh my god i'm so stupid (laughs) and and i wish i had noticed much earlier than i did oh i'm trying to think what movie they were referencing with it and i was like what what movie could this possible possibly be and then i looked over and my mom is is visiting and she's been helping paint some stuff to hang up in my room and I was like oh oh like paint like oil on canvas yeah so it took me looking at literal <laughs> oil paint and canvas to get the pun so you're not alone yeah so I was uh, I remembered these episodes in terms of the plot but I didn't remember that it was called oil on canvas I was like when we were talking about doing this episode I was like oh is this like a uh, driving one does she need like an oil change I thought so too yeah, yeah. but no, uh, this they is did a painting trucks. one. What could this be? They did monster trucks and race car. Don't, how dare you forget Go Phineas and Go? Oh, You're gonna I, start I, this podcast off with some slander. How dare I you? I remember it. Just tried to block it out. I guess. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, Navi, overall, what did you think of these episodes? Did you remember them? 
I definitely remember the first one. The second one, not as much. Uh, I do appreciate the, what's the kid's name? I like Django? that we get to, yeah, Jang- Django Brown. Django. Django Brown. I'm glad we get to see more Django Brown. I was surprised that the episode came as early as it did. I thought it would be more of like a season two or three thing, but yeah, I was happy to see mm-hmm. him and happy to see his like, I don't know, tragic anime backstory, I guess. Yeah, Navi's favorite thing is the tragic anime backstory. She loves getting some deep dives into the trauma that people have. Yeah, I love angst more than anything. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say ang. I was like, same. But well, ang can be pretty angsty sometimes, so yeah. I appreciate it. Not as angsty as Zuko, though. Oh, don't even get me started. On that. Maybe that's another reason I'm on the podcast. As a social worker, I can give Django some of that much-needed therapy that he needs to realize that you know the true artist was inside him all along yeah poetry right there um yeah do we want to start with the phineas and furbenstein uh which i think was the first episode that we ever had which didn't have the traditional title uh with a little like what is that comic sans or whatever font it was that they have at the bottom yeah like like it has its own title card yeah for for this episode kind of how um uh, Fairly Odd Parents used to do this really well, where every single episode had its own yeah, Danny title Kansen card that was, that was cool looking. Yeah. Um, speaking of Fairly Odd Parents, I do want to say the song in the first episode gave me big Fairly Odd Parents vibes the, with the dancers. Mm-hmm. No, not the, not the dancers. One of the songs. Oh, the one. Is it? Is it the? I don't remember which one. The 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 one that the evil one. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. The song was "He's Eviler." Yeah, that one gave uh, me fairly odd parents vibes because they were dancers in both, right? But the only yeah, yeah, it was, he only it was hit on the dancers in the, the second, second one, one where yeah, yeah he, he was paying the dancers and he inappropriately tried to ask one out. It was weird power I mean, imbalance there, but you know yeah, yeah, it was weird power imbalance, but like not the most canceled ask out in the history of mankind. Yeah, mankind. yeah. Anyways, uh, so. Yes. The, the monster of Phineas and Furbenstein. Uh, short summary before we go into a little bit of details. Uh, so it's a rainy day and, and all of the activities get canceled. Uh, so Grandpa Reg uh, tells a story about one of Ferb's ancestors. His name is Ferb Gore, uh, who worked with Dr. Phineas Stein. Uh, Phineas Stein. Phineas Stein. Yeah, it's like Frankenstein. Dr. Phineas Stein uh, to create a giant platypus monster to enter this uh, monster contest. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Doofenshmirtz and Perry get locked in Doofenshmirtz's building, and Dr. Doofenshmirtz tells the story of his ancestor, uh, Dr. Jekyll Doofenshmirtz, who enters the, the same best monster contest. And, and you find out that both of these stories going on are actually uh, the same story. Yes, and also in terms of the Candace plot, she is Constance in this universe. And I know we'll talk about it, but I loved the mob! <laughs> Twist. Yeah, yeah, that was that was, that was uh, on my list of uh, favorite things of the episode was was the whole I'm telling mom bit got turned into I'm telling mob. There's an angry mob that's that's uh, not not to do synergy with the other podcasts I do the Brazilian Dragon, but if you want some peak cringe content, you could listen to the High School Musical the Musical the series version of the Mob Song from Beauty and the Beast. They do a dance remix. Mm. and it is something else that might be one of the cringiest things the show has ever done and i'm a defender of the show um will you might want to ask your brother about it sometime and see what he thinks will do i know i know uh 
he and Chandler were telling me about uh, the the new song that uh, Olivia's character was singing a couple Rodrigo weeks song? ago. Yeah, it, it sounds really like an Olivia Rodrigo song. Um, yeah, but it's very good. But if uh, you haven't yet, check out the climb by Joe Serafini from that from the show. It's so good. Sure, your version. Uh, so, speaking of of you know theatrical productions, the way this this episode starts, Phineas and Ferb come out and they're you know wearing tuxedos and bow ties and uh, they're they're like on a theater stage, like it's an episode which, of Keenan and Kel. Yeah, it's like the beginning of Keenan and Kel. I think I saw that this is a reference to like something Alfred Hitchcock used to do, where he would like Alfred introduce Hitch- his movies. Alfred this way. Hitchcock, but then also um, it might be a reference to The Simpsons. As well. uh, yeah, I saw uh, that too. That some some Treehouse Alfred Horror Hitchcock, episodes. The Simpsons and Keenan and Kel. Name a more iconic trio. Or I think the trio that usually hosts this podcast. <gasps> oh. Jay, how dare you? That that is not. True. And I'm a I'm a Hitchcock stan. So those two are great. I, I'm like the third wheel. I, I bring it down. In the There's no Felipe Flander on this episode. Not just, in my, just in my uh, mentions. <laughs> oh, uh, no. So they, they come out and they give this whole spiel about, you know, the, the following. It might it might horrify you. It might shock you. You're you're about to see a you know, shocking episode. Uh, and then they they start the actual uh, episode proper, you could say. Uh, there's there's a thunderstorm going on, uh, and and Phineas sees the thunderstorm outside the window, and he says, "Well, I guess our our plan to stand out in a field holding a metal rod is out." Uh, so they go they go and sit down at the table with Grandpa Reginald and Grandma Winnie, uh, and Grandpa Reg starts to tell this story about Ferb's uh, great times eleven greats great uncle Ferb Gore. His name is Ferb Gore back in Victorian England, and he and, and Dr. Phineas Stein are, are collecting these uh, semi-aquatic mammal parts uh, for this monster contest. It's a monster ball. There's a, there's a best monster contest going on that they're signing up for, and they want to they wanna build like a, like a giant platypus. It's like, it's like Frankenstein, but it's Perry the platypus. Do you think they and... controlled it with Frankenstein's brain after they located it? They might have. Um, I was just going to say that Mary Shelley actually wrote Frankenstein as a result of a contest. Oh. Um, Can I it ask was a question two, after this, yeah, a follow-up? No, a follow-up. Go ahead. Um, so basically, uh, she was out and about on a, uh, on a trip with um, her husband, uh, Percy Shelley, and Lord Byron, who is another um, famous write- Eng- British writer. Um, and the weather was really bad. It was a dark and stormy night, but literally. Um, mm-hmm. And basically, uh, Byron gave them a challenge, which is write the best ghost story um, that was better than all the ones that they had read to each other over their uh, trip together. And there's tons of tension between all of them. And um, Byron compiled uh, or wrote The Vampire. Um, and Mary ended up writing, well, dreaming of, and then writing Frankenstein as a result of this. So in a way, Frankenstein, uh, or Frank and Perry were both born out of monster contests. Wow. I, I didn't know that. That's very cool. 
Have, besides myself and Jay, has anyone else read Frankenstein? I had to read it in ninth grade. Oh yeah, I have a copy of it somewhere lying around. All my annotations. I, I, part of me wants to like just read my annotations and see what I said. <laughs> oh like, no, this is what happens. I I might do that. We, maybe we can do that live on the podcast. The modern Prometheus. Uh, yeah. So uh, my questions for Jay. Uh, one, isn't there something about Mary Shelley and a frog and like the inspiration of this? Or am I making that up? So to the, the best of my knowledge, Mary Shelley had a nightmare of sorts where um, they had been talking a lot about electricity and what the future of electricity could hold. And she ha- fell asleep and she had a dream about a sci- like a mad scientist or a scientist in a lab working on something and his creation starts to move after it gets mm-hmm. struck by lightning. I'm sure um, she didn't have this zoom call talking about her project in mind when she thought about the future of electricity mm-hmm. you know if mary shelley had predicted the pandemic and <laughs> how important zoom could have been maybe we all would have been better off um but this is the birth of science fiction so all of those you know predictions of what elect- electricity or technology can do in the future i'm sure would have come around eventually but they all came after Frankenstein, which is often considered the first work of science fiction. Yes, and also just like to educate the listeners, Frankenstein is not the monster. That is Frankenstein's monster. Because I would argue Victor... that Frankenstein is the monster. Yeah, that the monster uh, yes. is. Yeah. I am very much pro-monster in many ways. That um, monster I... had it rough. Like he just wanted to be loved. And it's he like was vegetarian. The, uh... And oh. he That's seen in the cave. learned to read. And he tried to befriend a little girl, and all he wanted was love. But then and he murdered the little girl, not right? Alone. What? He murdered the little girl, right? No, I think he just scares her. Oh, I thought he popped someone's head off at one point that he tried to. But I think that's of mouse and men. Oh. <laughs> I mean, of mice and like, men. Sorry. Okay, the scene in the cave or in the snowy mountains. That one. That one's very sad. Jenny yeah, that's that's that, yeah. Okay. What's well, it's it's like that. Uh, the the Twitter format that's like was it broke woke and bespoke and it's like the broke the yeah the the same same thing and it's like the broke take is oh Frankenstein is the monster and then the woke take is no Frankenstein is the name of the doctor the monster is Frankenstein's monster and then the bespoke take is like no the doctor really was the monster all along yeah he's he's the bad guy yeah Anyways, that's just like clarifications, but Perry could never be a monster. Of course not. Yes. Uh, there's there's a little uh, cutaway that happens right here in the story that, that reminded me a lot of The Emperor's New Groove. Uh, because so Grandpa Grandpa Reginald is is telling his story and can't and it, the story's in black and white whenever he starts to tell the story, and Candace is like. Candace like pops in front of the story being told and she's like you tell the story in color and then Phineas is like what about muted color and (laughs) and while this is going on the color of of the cartoon is changing Uh, and it it feels very much like like every time that Cusco jumps in and like draws on the screen with his marker such a great movie I still love that movie I still love that movie um and as we've established many times Will is Yzma on Disney plus yeah, you can. Uh, uh, my controller's over there. Has I've got, I've updated got, his profile yet? Um, I could check. I'll I'll maybe check during no, our break. It's not, Nathan can text us in the middle of the. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he has. Uh, uh, the but uh, yeah. So so back in in 
the the Victorian England story. Uh, the Ferb Gore and Phineas Stein, uh, they have a, a disapproving governess named Constance who looks exactly like Candace. Uh, and she's writing a letter to Jeremiah, who we can assume is Jeremy, uh, while the, the two boys are building their, their giant platypus monster. And, and back in the real story, uh, Candace asks how big the platypus monster is, and, and Grandpa Reginald hilariously describes it as bigger than a refrigerator, but smaller than a really big refrigerator. <laughs> which, which, you know, pretty accurately tells you how big it is. Uh, that's, that's another line I have written down is, is one of my favorites of the episode. The, the bigger than a refrigerator, but smaller than a really big refrigerator. Which I think I think that comes up in the second episode too, at the end when he's like putting his art on the on the refrigerator. They do. They talk about um, the refrigerator again and how much more of an honor it is because it's a big refrigerator. This this episode I feel like has more synergy between the two episodes than most. Uh, between that that refrigerator line, there there was something else I thought I I wrote down. Maybe the giant baby is in both halves of the episodes. Well, there, um, there's no giant baby head in the second episode. It's just a giant baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one's the giant baby head. The first one's the giant baby. Sorry, second one's the giant baby. First one's the giant baby head. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, I I uh. Uh, love that line about the refrigerator. It's it's uh, it stands out as odd yeah. to me. I now know how, like what to say if I ever need to entertain you is just like give you approximate sizes of things in very precise but very mundane ways. Well, there's there's a uh, Tim and Eric bit that I I'm a big fan of where they're like talking about the universe, and he he's giving this like fake science explanation, and he's like. Now, if, if you could imagine a basketball or like a, a small baseball that grows to be the size of a basketball. Um, and that, that made me laugh a lot. And I, I quote that at least, at least once a week. Uh, that's, that's, that's what this line reminded me of. Uh, so the, the boys are, are teaching this, this platypus monster some tricks whenever, whenever Constance hears about all this going on. Uh, and, and, I like, oh, oh, I was about to dead. say, yeah. Oh, he, he, yeah, one of the tricks is he tells him to play dead and he just kind of stands there. Mm-hmm. I also like how Constance is like, can't you see I'm on the quill? Yeah, it's like a callback <laughs> to the first episode and all those like commercials we used to watch when they would advertise it like, can't you see I'm on the phone? And then she's like, she references something else from like one of the early episodes as well when she comes down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, update on the Nathan uh, Disney Channel Plus uh, or Disney Plus account. He's like, I don't have my own account, so no, lol. And now he's telling me about the BB rumors. <laughs> wow, I feel like I need to befriend Will's brother, or Will and I will become besties, and y'all can have Nathan. <laughs> no, the I mean, real I mean, one, I, I, Jay, I'm going to give you a challenge. I think it. I think it's going to be impossible. But I want you to befriend Will's brother Tucker, the most elusive Davis of them all. Well, the one who is very much not online. Yeah. 
Well, as challenging as that thing as that seems to be, um, my former roommate's uh, my con artist former roommate's fake service dog was named Tucker, so I can't refer to any Tuckers. <laughs> that is a, a description like former, no other. Why is your former roommate a con person? This is for an after podcast discussion, or we can cut it out. No, um, no. Uh, I will write it down and uh, here I'll put it in our Twitter. Talk tw- about it anytime now. I will put it in the in the Twitter chat, and then y'all talk about it after. But it's it's an interesting story for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah. Another another thing that that uh, Constance references here is is that the the I'm telling mom bit becomes I'm telling mob, and she's gonna go tell the angry mob. Uh, in, in the other storyline, uh, Doofenshmirtz says, like, you're, you're not a real, uh, or in, in this time, you knew you were a real villain if, if there was an, ing- uh, an angry mob after you. Uh, so, so Candace, or Constance, goes, and she's, she says, I'm telling mob, uh, goes, goes to get the mob to, to come get mad at, at Ferb Gore and Phineas Stein. Kill the beast. Uh, and and when she when she tells them like they they kind of give her the same bit that Linda always does where like they, they think she's sort of like crying wolf a little bit and I said uh, you know last week you told us there was a two headed cow and there was no two headed cow so they they really don't want to believe her or is she crying werewolf there you go <laughs> uh, so. The the platypus monster uh, sort of runs away out of out of the house uh, because he's he's fighting Doctor Jekyll Doofenshmirtz that that will meet in the other viewpoint of this story, uh, but he sort of starts starts rampaging through town. Uh, there's there's a guy there's a little cutaway of a guy who is standing on his balcony. It's like my my irrational fear that a giant platypus will see me in my underpants is finally cured. And he, of course, he's standing in his underpants, and and the platypus walks by, and he's like, "Oh, it's worse than I thought." That poor guy. I hope. I hope he, he seems makes... to be taking it better than I thought he would. Like I thought he would like run off screaming, but maybe he's just in shock. Jay, for this man alone, will you provide your social service degree, your social work degree? Um, I would love to have a session with this man. I also would love to know, like, do any of y'all have like out there fears that like you're never probably going to encounter but like oh see mine i encounter but uh will and navi know there's uh old white man shoes oh air monarchs yes (laughs) wait old what man shoes white man (laughs) oh you know what that's understandable they're ugly and they stink um mine is willem defoe (laughs) oh out am i that makes sense i mean it I, I mean it with you all like my Spider-Man heart. One? Um, that is the reason I have that fear. Okay. There's a That's scene where uh, Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin talks to himself in the mirror and the mirror yep. talks back. Um, and that, I think, I don't remember how old I was, but I wasn't yet 13. I tell the story very frequently. So my apologies if anyone has heard it before, but I wasn't quite 13 and the movie Spider-Man was PG-13. Um, and my brother's four years younger than me, about four years younger. And um, he came with us. It was the whole family, my brother, my mom, my dad, and myself. 
And because my brother and I weren't 13, I thought that PG-13 was a law. <laughs> and I thought we were going to get arrested. So I was already on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought we were breaking the law. And then there was this terrifying man in a very ugly supervillain costume. Like, I, if you think about it in terms of, like, the supervillain costumes, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire era had some really terrifying villain outfits. And very realistic like in terms of like I could see someone building this as opposed to overly cartoonish which mm-hmm. up until that point most superhero movies were a bit overly cartoonish and while you know the voice and the lines might have been overly goofy in some ways and like exaggerated I do think that his performance was just very chilling as a youngish child um, and to this day Willem Dafoe, there's something about a man who changes his name from William to Willem simply to be different <laughs> that is unsettling. And I think, Will, that you would understand. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that his name was William. I, of, of all the ways you could abbreviate it or, or nickname it, Willem is, is not the one I would choose. It's not the one that I did choose. Yet. I, I definitely relate to to, like, being afraid of breaking the rules in a movie theater there was oh, i've never was, snuck anything in because i'm so scared well there was there was a time when i was in high school and i think i was 15 and all of my friends were 17 so they were like old enough to go see r-rated movies and i was not um and they were like oh just just uh you know buy a ticket for something else and then walk into this theater with us um and I was like so afraid to break the rules that all, all my friends went to go see a, a Final Destination movie and I was just sitting in the theater for G.I. Joe by myself. Are you going to see the new G.I. Joe's? Snake Eyes? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you won't, like, you'll be too embarrassed to go to another movie and then you'll be like, here, let me recreate history. At least you didn't see Teen Titans t- go to the movies twice. Hey, oh, that movie so. was, that was on my birthday that came out. Um, and then also, I just looked it up because even though I can't look at his face, I can read his Wikipedia <laughs> article. Willem Dafoe has a brother named Donald Dafoe, which just also seems sad because neither of them are Disney docs. <laughs> um, and also, Willem was his childhood nickname because his family is from Wisconsin and put emphasis on the first syllable and less so on the second syllable in terms of enunciation. So they would call him Willem. So um, potential uh, spoilery leaks for uh, upcoming Is Willem MCU... Dafoe on Phineas and Ferb? I'm going to quit the No. <laughs> for a future MCU project, are you going to skip a potential MCU project if he's in it? Uh, is he in Doctor Strange? No. Which is one he going to be in the Spider-Man? new like, Spider-Man? Uh... Am I allowed to curse no him? Help? Yes. You oh, please do. do. Fuck! <laughs> we we actually we actually just got an email that says we're allowed to curse. Oh yes, do you want to shout it out right now? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was I was gonna wait uh, for for whoever was in charge of the uh, um, okay we we can feedback wait section. Yeah. yeah, a little tease for later in the podcast. Yes, we got a great email that I was very happy to receive. I mean, who knows? Maybe there are children listening to this, but uh, Jay Jay is not cursing as much as Naomi did that episode. I... <laughs> so here's the thing. I did see The Fault in Our Stars despite hating that book and have and John Green's brother Hank writing me some hate mail. Another what? story for another another podcast. Is this an off podcast? Oh, tell oh, me. Or is this an on podcast story? 
one tell time, us, tell one us. time I wrote a review of The Fault in Our Stars and posted it on Tumblr because that was the website many of us were on at the time. And it was along the lines of, this is a very well-written book and I don't have many problems with it, but I do have problems with the way that John Green talks about Anne Frank and the Holocaust, especially saying that Anne Frank is a character, is a person that his characters admire because she lived fully yet died of an illness just like so many people because she received her illness typhus from being in a concentration camp which neither of his none of his characters have ever experienced and therefore i found and also i found like making out in the anne frank house as a like Wait, main that, point. that happens in that movie it, it happens in the, in the book, book and the movie so the i yeah and it's like this big like climax moment of like finally they kiss and like they're together and like in one of the they're like either of us could die at any moment like we got to live our life so fully because Anne Frank was in the holocaust and she lived her life as fully as she could so I wrote this whole thing about how like I as a Jew find that kind of disrespectful and the way that he talked about in interviews was like "Hmm, maybe you should do some more reading and I received a tumblr message from the one and only Hank Green that said something along the lines of People like you are the reason that John doesn't go on the internet anymore. So please be more polite. He's going through a lot. Um, and I was like, you literally don't were, talk about the Holocaust. You were literally like trying to educate and like provide like resources. It's not like you were an egg on Yikia. I had I mean, it like- printed out on my dorm wall for probably a year and a half. And I don't know my password to Tumblr anymore, but I've tried so many times. I'm going to get you a sweatshirt that says bullied John Green off the internet. <laughs> Except, isn't he? No, Hank is on uh, TikTok, but I have him blocked out of spite. That Love man that. will never see my content ever again. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. Not as iconic as Dan Povenmire on TikTok. Yeah. That story kind of reminded me of when like back when Justin Bieber was being a little shit and he went to like the Anne Frank house and was like oh yeah she would be a believer and then all the news outlets were like yeah no she wouldn't I I (laughs) thought of the same thing and I couldn't remember if it was a Justin Bieber thing or a Jake Paul thing sounds like Jake Paul it could be either you would you would think but yeah I, I I do remember this being being a Justin Bieber story now yeah it's it's just like be respectful. That's yeah. that's all. Um. Anyway, man, there is not a good segue from from this. In- anyway, the Holocaust. <laughs> not that. So, not that transition. So, so, I've done that before in conversation too. It never goes over well. The the platypus monster uh, meets this this Isabella lookalike who we we don't actually get her name, which is we'll kind of Isabella. Ever everyone else got a name. She's also like here in the episode. She's just dressed kind of like regular Isabella, but later, but later, in the ball, yeah. she's she's like bride like of Frankenstein. X-Men. Okay, yeah. Um. So so, uh, Isabella tells tells the boys to to go meet the platypus at at the monsters ball. Constance at the same time thinks, oh, the boys are probably going to be at the monsters ball. And everyone kind of ends up at, at the monsters ball uh, uh, for for the the contest to see who the who the best monster is. And and at this time, um, Constance she goes there and, and she takes a drink of something 
Uh, and and this this thing she drinks turns her into a monster, which we'll we'll learn later, oh, or yeah. we will have learned before that the thing she drinks from is Doctor Jekyll Doofenshmirtz's uh, concoction Bruinator, uh, which turns her into a monster, and, and the uh, the mob is is now chasing her out of town. She wins the the best the best monster. Uh, Jeremiah is also there, and there's there's a funny line where he's like, uh, "I I can't remember a day where you looked more beautiful than you do right now." And then she turns into a monster, and he's like, "Oh, now now I can remember." <laughs> yeah. No Stacy in this episode either, or Valjean and Buford. Yeah. I see their their horror um, memes. And yeah. to, to rewind. Um, just wanted to mention the parallel again between Frankenstein and Perry Stein, um, which sounds like, you know, could be a rabbi somewhere. Oh, you're going to say a relative of Eric Stein? <laughs> also, um, who could be a rabbi. Um, and so Frankenstein in the novel goes and meets a little girl and picks flowers with her um, oh. and starts to learn a little bit about humanity. Um, and in this episode, Perry runs across not Isabella, and um, they sort of pick flowers together and swim and do all these, uh, and by the river, because they were also by the river in the book, and then um, she mentions that Perry, the monster, eats snails, but I would like to mention that Frankenstein's monster is a vegetarian and therefore would not eat snails. Maybe this person is a pescatarian? Could be. Are snails fish? Are bugs animals? <laughs> Ooh, ask Rob. I oh, actually, I, I I took a sporkle quiz the other oh, day. Oh, I thought you were gonna I, say I, uh, I read it in the big facts book that you did. No, yeah. oh no, this this book of facts is is dumb. Um, but it, it uh, a snail is an edible mollusk. Mollusk. Oh. At least according to this one quiz on sporkle, it it may not be true. But, Do you uh, remember in Finding Nemo how the joke that it's like there's like and then the mollusk said like the the Marlin joke is like about a mollusk. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think of when I hear the word mollusk. He's a clownfish. He tells jokes. Not good ones. Uh, so that's that's the end of the story from from uh, Phineas Ferb's perspective. Uh, Grandpa Reginald ends the story with and that's why there are pumpkins. Uh, so he he's like totally forgotten what he was telling the yeah. story about. Don't give uh, those because... pumpkins to Sean from Survivor of South Africa. I I don't know this reference. I wish I did. I need reaction. to get caught up on Survivor South Africa. Okay. Uh, it's but good the, season. That's what I've heard. It's good. I've heard it's good. Uh, but yeah, Gr- Grandpa Reginald says, and that's why there are pumpkins. Uh, and then Phineas is like, no, you were, you were telling us about a platypus monster, not about pumpkins. And then and then uh, Grandpa raises, oh, a platypus monster. That sounds like a great story. You should tell me all about it. Um, newspaper, lights newspaper. come back on. Phineas is very confused at, at everything his grandpa just said. Uh, and then Ferb, this 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 is the other one of the other callbacks is where Ferb says uh, platypus monsters are the only monsters to lay eggs. Is is his line in this episode? Yeah. Which isn't true if you remember Aragog from Harry Potter, but the point yeah. is that platypi are the only mammals that lay eggs. 
I understand yeah. that as a conceptual difference, but I wanted to point out that spider monsters also exist. But uh, he is very wrong. There's probably also some fish monsters. I think dragons famously have eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much Maybe uh, most monsters. Lots, lots, of, lots of monsters lay eggs. Phoenixes. Technically, oh. you could claim that they're just because we like them doesn't mean everyone does. Yeah. Uh, should we get into the, the Perry and Doofenshmirtz plot? Yes. Or the, the Dr. Jekyll Doofenshmirtz plot? Yes, and I do want to point out that it is nice that like his alter ego is like the evil that's like the Mr. Hyde of it all. So like another horror mm-hmm. classic literary fans will understand this reference like we read from Survivor. I hope we understood it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Perry the Platypus enters his own little lair and Major Monogram comes out and he's in the same like suit with a curtain behind him that yeah. Finney's in front at the beginning of the episode are we upset that they didn't like close the episode with like that sort of stuff or no i think it was fine i i i'm happy with the little bit of it we got it kind of set everything up and then um i don't think it needed an outro Not like but I, I i just really love this episode yeah great episode um so he he says the same kind of thing. He's like, "Oh, this this news about Doofenshmirtz may horrify you," and then he he comes to reveal that you know this curtain behind him is actually a tarp because of the rain, and he's dressed up because his cousin's getting married. So he's he's like not meaning to do the bit, but he's doing the bit. Okay. I have a question. He has a mustache. A family member's getting yes. married. Uh huh. Is Will Davis secretly Major Monogram? Oh, um. <laughs> Will looks more like Grandpa Reginald. Yeah, this, this mustache is a little bit curlier. Yeah. Yeah, also, I think Felipe has more of the major monogram mustache. <laughs> definitely. So which one of us is Perry, Nobby? Vinny. Vinny mm, is Agent, Perry. Agent V. He's crying right now. Oh no. Uh, so uh, Doofenshmirtz, his power is also out because of the storm. And when, when Perry walks in, he's like, oh, don't close that door. Uh, the door closes box? behind him. And he, he finds out that they're both locked in the house because the, the security system uh-huh. or the, the power outage makes the security system all wacky. Uh, so, so the security system won't, won't let them out. Uh, so he starts to tell uh the same story but but from a different perspective and he he says the the story he's about to tell is a story that that papa doofenshmirtz used to tell him at night uh to scare him into wetting the bed which is just mean but that's child abuse heinz thinks it was a hilarious prank he says he said you know what a what a prankster my dad was making me pee the bed all the time. That's just me. Jay, does a Doofenshmirtz need help? Like your help specifically <laughs> as a social worker? Um, so I have many questions about Doofenshmirtz. I think that honestly, there's some, fam- I think some family therapy might be needed in that case. Um, especially 
in terms of the way that his father treats him throughout the entire series. Um, but also, I'm not that kind of social worker, so I make the joke a lot. And I'm not licensed, because you don't need a license to do what I do. Um, and it costs a lot of money. So if someone wants to donate me $2,000 a year, then I can be licensed. But for now. All right. Yes. The listeners are on it. Yeah, plug plug the Venmo while you're here. Venmo is <laughs> just kidding. Um, we'll put it in the show notes. Yes. I do have a question about this. Was the the assistant to Dr. Jekyll Doofenshmirtz? Did anyone else think that was supposed to be his brother? Yeah, I think it, I think it was okay. a lookalike of of Roger. Yeah. Uh, oh. His his name was what was his name? I should have written Alfred. down his name. No, it was like uh, Happy, Jameson. His name Jameson. Jameson. Uh, but he, he Spider Man. He looked like his. He looked like his brother Roger, though. Yeah. Uh, so he he starts telling this story, uh, and it's about his his ancestor, uh, Doctor Jekyll Doofenshmirtz, uh, and and Doofenshmirtz, uh, Jekyll Doofenshmirtz. Uh, he's he's working on something in his lab and his assistant comes in and tells him that he's got an angry mob waiting for him uh, because to be truly evil, you had to have an angry mob after you back at, back in the day. Uh, so he, he tells him to wait like in the parlor and they're they're just all sitting there in, in the parlor with their pitchforks and torches and all. It's like that pre-ride thing at, a, at an amusement park or a theme park, like the pre-ride show. It's like, like the 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 uh, stretching room in the haunted mansion. Yeah, the one that. Jay oh, I like. have a story about that one too. Yeah. Oh no, I think I've heard the story. One moment, I just need to confirm something. With Vinny, sure. <laughs> uh, so while this is going on, um, um, Doctor Jekyll Doofenshmirtz is is giving his pitch to the angry mob, and it's his his innator is the the concoction brewinator. Uh, which is supposed supposed to turn a, a normal man into a, a horrible monster. Uh, so it makes this little this little cup, and and he drinks from it, thinking it's going to turn him into a horrible monster. Uh, but instead, it turns him into a fairy princess, and and the mob is is both not angry and not happy that he's a fairy princess, and they kind of laugh at him and leave. Doofenshmirtz coming for Tinkerbell's job. Yeah, I mean. He looks great as a fairy princess, to be honest. Yeah. Work. Jay is back. So I confirmed with my mom, and it turns out that we, my brother and I were probably about five and nine years old, or mm -hmm. four and eight, and we were in Disney in Florida. Uh, we went to the Haunted Mansion, and my brother um, and I and my mom and dad, we went inside the stretching room, and... Um, I'm going to spoil some Disney magic real quick. So shut your ears for 10 seconds if you don't want to hear it. This is what um, we need to put the content warning on. <laughs> not, not the swears. It's an elevator. Oh. oh. Like well, the pictures sense. are not moving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You are moving. Or you are not moving. The yeah. pictures are moving. That's what it, And like it's an elevator. You go down a little bit. If any, you're not moving. And um, so that's the spoiler, but um, 
my brother at the time had a fear of elevators for reasons that are too long to get into, but understandable to some degree. And he needed out of the ride, um, like needed off the ride. We hadn't even gotten on the ride, but we needed to leave the haunted mansion. So we got escorted through the emergency fire exit, mm. uh, my whole family, because once he got scared, I got scared. So I've never ridden the haunted mansion because at, at the young age, old age of nine years old, I was still terrified of the stretching room. Oh no! So now we know that I'm scared of two things in life. Yes. The stretching room and Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Did, you, did you find the giant exit sign that Candace was looking for? And we did, and we followed it straight away. <laughs> did that ride uh, inspire the Eddie Murphy movie? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it did because I it, love it, that movie. It's because it, it's in the same like land as uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Yeah. At least, mm-hmm. at least in Disneyland, California, it is. Well, now they're um, they're gonna. I think they're gonna try to go back and making rides because they're doing a Tower of Terror movie, uh, with produced by ScarJo, and then obviously oh. Jungle Cruise with. And there's a the there's a very intricate backstory to the Haunted Mansion. Um, I can send you some TikToks about it. There's a girl whose entire channel is going through the history of each of the ghosts and how they intersect and how they're related. I have the Haunted Mansion clue game the board game with yeah the, I've, got, like, I've got that too where it's like Dang. mickey and friends are haunted by one of the ghosts in what room instead of like which when i was a kid there was a disney sing-along um that included um mickey Minnie, donald all like dressed up at the haunted mansion and they sang grim grin and ghosts yeah and, grim, and the grim. villains come out and then like captain hook is the last one about i think so yeah and oh it, yeah and that also scared me as a kid so i think i was doubly scared by the stretching room that owl lives rent free in my head. Little blue I'm so owl. glad that other people know this exists. There's also a 101 Dalmatians one. Yeah. Oh, I used to rent them from the library. We, uh, we have two of those videos on VHS that are like Christmas themed that, that we watch literally every Christmas Eve while we're making cookies. My go-to Christmas Disney content is a Disney Snowden at the House of Mouse. Oh, yeah, that one's yes. good. Yes. So, well, you're definitely a millennial then, because... Am I a millennial then? Had, well, y'all had these Disney sing-alongs on, v, on VHS. Yeah. So, That's... I guess I'm a millennial. There we go. Like, I know how to tape shit on the VHS. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. Gen Z doesn't know that, so that's why I'm cuspy. As long as you know <laughs> what a floppy disk is. Yes. Uh, CD-ROM games, Jumpstart third grade and first grade and all the Jumpstarts, my yeah. jam. Anyways, uh, so uh, uh, Dr. Jekyll Doofenshmirtz realizes that his Bruinator was accidentally set to fairy princess instead of evil monster. Uh, so he turns it to evil monster and he drinks it and he, he goes on a rampage to this, this song called He's Eviler, uh, which, which similar to Swinter has, has those like Andrew's sisters vibes to it. This this song more than anything made me think of the song uh Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. What's that? Yeah. It sounds a lot like this song, but it's about a guy who plays the bugle. He's the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from Company B. <laughs> what those lyrics are nonsense. It's 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 real. Look it, you can put that in, in, in the in one of the breaks is like a like a As juxtaposition. Okay. Um Speaking but, of, but uh, this Shout out to Maggie Bats who noticed that 
the outro last week, which was 10 minutes long, was actually just a cutscene. Yeah, like the, like I played a song to like transition into it, but there was like eight minutes of extra content when Nicole went to go get her egg rolls. So uh, <laughs> if you didn't listen to that, I highly recommend those eight minutes. Yeah. We'll, we'll describe his bench. Um, it, so, uh, yeah. Same bit. Oh, you reminded me. I'm not sitting on my pillow this week. <laughs> there we go. That feels much better. Um, but he, so this this evil rampage that he's going on is is like the the kind of stuff he's doing is like a like a got your nose bit, and with with his assistant he's like oh you gotta you gotta clean your uniform and he does a thing where you're like oh you got something on your shirt and then whenever they look down you like flick your finger up at him it's like very very not super evil stuff but like third grade bully evil stuff yeah uh, big black boots Boris would do this yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so they, they get to the, the monster's ball and, and Dr. Jekyll Doofenshmirtz runs into the platypus monster. Uh, they, it kind of sparks this whole fight between all of the monsters and all of the monsters are, are fighting each other. Um, so he's like, oh, if, if I'm going to get in this fight, I should probably drink the, the evil monster juice again. Uh, so he, he goes to his ruinator and he takes a sip from a cup. And it turns out it was it was the fairy princess again. So he turns yeah. he turns back into the fairy princess and and naturally loses the fight. But then he also turns it to the to the evil one right before, like after he turns into the princess before the mob gets him. You know, that, that's where uh, uh, Constance drinks the yeah. The, but it was yeah, already when, set to that one. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So he he drinks from the fairy princess one, but like starts to turn it back to evil monster and makes another cup. But he doesn't get to drink the cup. Uh, uh, Constance drank the cup, which which turned her into the monster. Um, but at this point, uh, the present day Heinz Doofenshmirtz, he he forgets the rest of the story, and he, he's like, "Oh, I, I wonder who won that that monster contest." Yeah. Um, and and then we find out from from Grandpa Reginald's story who wins the contest. Yeah, and his lights come back on earlier. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where his lights come back on, and. He, Oh, you know, Perry, we ran out of time for an evil plan today. Uh, let's let's pick it back up tomorrow. I've got a chiropractor appointment at four. Yeah. And he's like, we'll take it from the top tomorrow from like my evil spiel or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's, that's kind of it for the episode. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this episode before we go to a musical break? No? Okay, we'll take a quick moment. Listen to evil evil whatever whatever it's called he's eviler he's eviler and the and the bugle boy song yeah and boogie then, woogie bugle boy yeah we'll I'll... be yeah send it in the discord the the link or something okay and we'll be right back Chicago way. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. He was the top man at his craft. But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft. He's in the army now, a blowing reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. They made him blow a bugle for his Uncle Sam. It really brought him down because he couldn't jam. The captain seemed to understand. Because the next day the cap went out and drafted a band. And now the company jumps when he plays Reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. A toot, 
a toot, a tootilat, a tootie blows it eight to the bar. In boogie rhythm, you can't blow a note unless the bass and guitar is playing with them. He makes a company jump when he plays reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. He was a boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. And when he plays boogie woogie bugle, he was busy as a buzz bee. And when he plays, he makes the company jump A to the bar. He's a boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. Do 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 da da do da 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 do do. He blows it A to the bar. He can't blow a note if the bass and guitar isn't with him. And the company jumps when he plays reveille. He's a boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. understand what you're saying now that is a uh, a bop and a jam definitely uh, not a skip on spotify no not memento tier though um so yeah so next up we have oil on canvas so overall general thoughts did everyone remember this episode so will said he didn't but did everyone else remember it and what did what did everyone think so i don't know that i've ever seen this episode. I know at some point I must have because I'm pretty sure I've seen all of Phineas and Ferb. Have you seen the last but... one that we just talked about? Before, like, had you seen that one? Oh, I'm like, I'm sure that I have, but I don't remember it. But the idea of giant donuts on a mountain didn't seem like out there for me because I've, it sounded like something I'd heard before. So I think I've seen this or I have a very creative brain dream up the same things as... Mm -hmm. um, what was his Phineas name? Herb. Or Django. Uh, Beppo Django's Brown. Dad. Beppo Brown. Bethel Brown. Beppo Bethel. B-E-P-P-O, Beppo. Oh, I've heard Bethel in my notes. Oh, I heard Bethel as well. And I was like, oh, like Ethel, my old landlady. <laughs> they were going to say like Beth from Big Brother Canada. And Navi was like, oh, no. But I think she's muted. Or so. or Beth from uh, BB21. <laughs> <laughs> That was a deep pull. Yeah. 
But that was the only thing that happened that season. Did, did anyone see the new Big Brother trailer? Where oh they man, I was used... so excited to make that joke and like no one heard it. What did you say? I, 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 did you say there were a lot of deep pools that, that season? Yes, I did. That's hilarious. I thought about saying the same thing. That is, that's hilarious. Wow. Thank you. I will be seeing myself off the podcast. Um, I, wish, no. I wish I could have like subtitles in regular conversations. This is the only way I knew the guy's name was Beppo Brown was because I have to watch everything with subtitles. But, yeah. uh, you know, sometimes I just don't hear things. I wish I did. Um, no, I, I was going to say, uh, in the new trailers for Big Brother this season, they're advertising only using clips from Big Brother 21 and a one shot of Pizzo yeah. in the kitchen. That is so bizarre. Do they not realize how poorly received that season was? Like, I get that they, they use Big Brother 20 clips. If, even if it's, like, all new people. Like, we don't want... Or at least from see- your last season, which is All-Stars. Like, yeah. yeah. Because it was all stars, whether or not it was real all stars, you called it that, you might as well use it. And like yeah. between, I don't know if it was Grodner who said it or someone else, but in an interview re- that came out today, someone said, Oh, we've always had diverse casts. And between that and the BB21 clips, someone is either trolling us really hard or just like that oblivious. Yeah. Mm. And honestly, it's Big Brother. It could I'm be optimistic, but I'm I'm also like pessimistic. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. So a realist. Yes. Um, but I I had something to say about Big Brother that I don't remember. So we can talk about how I also think there's a Beth and Total Drama Island. So that's another Bethel. Um. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyways, uh, Stan Julie Vu for clear skin. Uh, let's get on to oil on canvas. Uh, so Phineas and Ferb are at Django's dad's giant object museum, uh, Beppo Brown. Um, and Django, his dad is busy at the interview, but Django goes up to, oh, wait, let me give an overall plot. Django has, wants to, he has a small painting for his dad, but he wants to do something big because his dad's museum is all big things. Um, meanwhile, Doof is trying to impress his professor from college Dr. Havarde, not Havarde, Havarlek, um, who all the way from Gimmelstump, and she does not seem entertained. Uh, and Perry gaslights him hard. Uh, so that's the overall plot of the episode. So yes, Phineas and Ferb, Linda, Lawrence, and Candace are at Django's dad's giant object museum. And Django's dad is busy in the interview when Django wants to hang out with him. Uh, meanwhile, uh, hi, Agent V. Agent V is dancing on top of the cabinet. I lo- is that a chipmunk, Mister Vinny? It's Bucky. It looks like Bucky, Bucky the Beaver. Is the gas station. Yeah. He's a beaver. Um, it's a southern thing. What? It's a Texas thing, mostly. I think. Oh, I yeah, thought it was a Canadian thing. There's Bucky's in in. Canada. So it's a different Bucky. Um, I thought you're talking about the beaver from Big Brother. I think Bucky's the gas cool. station. There's another one that is in Canada, but this one is primarily in Texas. They also have a location in Mobile, Alabama. Oh. Um, and they might have one in Louisiana now, but it's basically like the Trader Joe's of gas stations, but mm. also like they're known for their clean bathrooms and when i say clean i mean you could probably eat off the floor i wouldn't i wouldn't off of principle but you it's literally shining um 
And Shiny doesn't mean clean. What? No, Shiny. no. I mean, in this case, it does. Like okay. every five minutes, maybe more frequently, they're in there. They're cleaning everything. Um, they sell anything from from fudge to uh, one I went to had rotisserie chickens. They have beer, wine, hot sauce, liquor, uh, any snack you can imagine, t-shirts, toys. It's it's kind of like House the uh, like like uh, yeah home decor. <laughs> it's it's like the epitome of every quote unquote everything's bigger in Texas. Like these, mm-hmm. these these gas stations each have like sixty gas pumps outside. All of the bathrooms have like a hundred stalls or like they're it's it's like a a grocery store sized gas station. It's huge. And I say oh. Trader Joe's because like everything is like bucky's like yeah. mm-hmm. brand in terms of oh. food but okay. also like like people go out of their way to go to trader joe's if there isn't one near them people go out of their way to go to bucky's if they can yeah so do all of them look like joey gladstone's puppet from full house uh yeah okay. i except yeah it's a woodchuck but yeah. i mean speaking of people with irrational fears he has an irrational fear of eggs so uh Dan and you know Zinsky and him would not be friends. well you know the only monster that lays eggs <laughs> yeah i was gonna say now <laughs> we found ourselves a segue yes like a chimpanzee let's ride that segue mm-hmm. uh Django, his dad is so he's like uh, i just want to show my dad i made something for him because i love him and it, but he's insecure about the small size of his photo um and Linda, meanwhile, wonders, uh, Candace says she would rather be at home hanging out with Perry. And Linda asks, I wonder what Perry does when we're not home. And it's Perry's day off and he's watching soap operas. Um, but Major Monogram intercepts the, the transmission and says, I know it's your day off, Perry, but Doofenshmirtz is up to something. You need to go save the world, basically. Can we just talk about how all the agents need to unionize for better boundary setting? Yeah. Uh, because it's Perry's day off and he does not need to be called in on a mission. And regardless of what it turns out to be, you know, if you have Where's a day off, you're a day off. And it's not like he's the only agent they have. He might be the best, but he's not the only. Yeah. We had we had the same discussion last week because they called him at night. Like he he was asleep, but they called him at night. Yeah, they need to union like the dancers that uh, Dupin Hurts Someone emailed me on my work email at 11.02 last night. Did I email them back? Yeah, at 9 this morning. Because you love yourself, unlike Major Monogram. And like, I think at this point, Perry is still learning to set those boundaries. He's good at it with some things, and then other times, Uh absolutely not. Yes, yeah, so this is a team, uh, not ayahuasca. I always ask. Ayahuasca is a drug. What is this? ALCA, OWCA. ALCA. The ALCA. Organization Without a Cool Acronym. I was either going to say ayahuasca or ASPCA. So I know it was well, either Haka. of those. Um, <laughs> ALCA. ALCA uh, needs to unionize. That's, that's my that's my. We'll get here. Brooklyn the better. Hashtag, hashtag unionize ALCA. Yes, that's our hashtag for the episode. Uh, but anyways, uh, Perry ends up showing up at Doof Inc. Uh, and meanwhile, Doof is like, I'll pay the platypus, you're here, but I just, I need to impress my professor. I don't have time to talk about innators today. I need to, and he breaks out into song, impress my professor, I believe is the name of the song. 
At least that's what I wrote down based on the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name. Um, and the dancers, he has background dancers. The dancers are unionized, and Doofenshmirtz writes a checkbook, breaks out the checkbook, he gives them money, and then he asks one out, and it's R-E-J-E-C-T-E-D, rejected. Rejected, <laughs> rejected. Yeah, you just got rejected. R-E-J-E-C-T-E-D, rejected. <laughs> Navi knows that's from Zoe 101. I was, yeah, that's how you learn to spell, right? Like, I learned how to spell bananas from a song. Yes. I knew that whole song and then I, I forgot that that's where it was from. <laughs> so we went on. And now I remember it was it was the cheerleader when uh Logan, Logan. got rejected. And yes. Wow, <laughs> another timely reference. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jamie Lynn. The other, the other, oh yes. The other Spears. Hashtag free Britney. It's a disability right so issue. For someone who's not on social media much, what is is there drama or does she just support her sister or what? Um, she is supposedly supporting her sister using extremely ableist and uh, abusive toxic language and framework to do so um, by comparing her, Brittany, but Jamie compares Brittany seeking independence from the, what's it called? Conservatorship like, yeah. to moving to a farm, moving out to the jungle and raising a million kids or whatever or going off to Mars. And it's like, that's not the same thing. She's like, she can do whatever she wants. She can go off to Mars or go, move to the jungle and have a million babies, like, or she can end the conservatorship. It doesn't matter to me as long as she's happy. It's like, no, very clearly you're naming outrageous things to make this seem more outrageous. Um, and Jamie says that she has supported Brittany offline uh, for years. Um, I think she said for 13 years, I've done nothing but support my sister. And I've told her to end the conservatorship so many times, um, and to seek different counsel. Um, and, but it wasn't on social media, so you didn't see it. So you think that I'm not supporting her, but then if you look at the language and the tone that she's using, it comes across as very calculated Mm -hmm. and very white woman tears. Mm -hmm. I want yeah. to believe her, but the only person I'm going to believe is Brittany. If Brittany says it, yeah. that her sister has supported her the whole time, then I will believe it. And this it. is why Chase Sims. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Sims, Doofenshmirtz is simping over the approval of his professor, and um, Dr. Havarlek uh, came all the way from Gimmelstump. Uh, I'm just going to go through the rest of the Doof plot, and then we'll, we'll go back to yeah. the Django one. Um, all the way from Gimmelstump, uh, to, and he's like, okay, let me show you my deflatinator. Uh, and she's like, does it work? And he's like, uh, no. Uh, let me show you my drillinator. And she's like, but does it work? And he's like, uh, no. Uh, none of these have worked, uh, but here, here's my blendinator. And he blends some apples. Mm-hmm. And she's like, besides attacking some fruit, what is this even for? Um, so he's like, oh, I don't even know. But you know what I do have? I have a nemesis. And Perry, at this point, has taken off the hat. So he's like, I'm pretty sure this is Perry the Platypus. He's not even sure himself. But he's like, this is my nemesis. And she's like, it's a platypus. He doesn't do much. And he growls. And Perry gaslights the hell out of Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Forget Candace ba- gaslight watch. Yeah. Doofenshmirtz gaslight watch. Well, it's an effective thing- way to shut down people who are trying to exploit you. Yeah. If someone tells me a joke that is highly insensitive for whatever reason, I say, I just don't get it. <laughs> Can you explain that to me again? I don't get it. And that's essentially what 
what Perry does is he just he just acts like a platypus that isn't a secret agent, mm-hmm. and it it's effective. It gets him what he wants. That being said, don't gaslight anyone, even your nemesis. Yeah. Yes. What the worst part of it too is is he was wearing the hat whenever she walked in. She saw him tied to the chair, latched to the chair whenever she got there. And then just, I don't know, conveniently forgot about the secret agent platypus she saw whenever she walked in the door. Yeah, she really wasn't paying attention. How can she be a professor if she doesn't even pay attention to the... Can we just take a minute to acknowledge how bad the evil people in this part of the universe are at hiding themselves? Yes, go on. They have a convention the last time I was here. Mm Mm-hmm. That was clearly for evil geniuses. Like it was evil was in the name. Okay, but they're also buffoons. Right, but then they ha- well, I don't think they're all buffoons. I think. Maybe. I think this lady are, was a buffoon too. I think the ones that appear most prominently on the show are, mm-hmm. but it's very clear that like. She's the professor is very disappointed in Doofenshmirtz because he hasn't lived up to her expectations. And if she was expecting something bigger and grander, that it, I would assume that she's seen something bigger and grander. Like she's, um, she's seen some success before. In the Minions movie, it's an underground evil convention. It's not like a known thing. Like people know about it, but like you have to be on the email list. And then they have this whole academy. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's there's too many opportunities for people to like, I don't know, drop out of school and tell everybody, hey, there's this evil school, or yeah, you're you're right. It's 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 way too public to be too competent about you know taking over the world or whatever, whatever whatever they want to do. I guess maybe they just teach about being evil in the little ways. Maybe that's where he learned the the got your nose bit. Mm. It's an evil school. Does this mean? Oh my God! Now I can't remember his name. Roger. No. The bully. Eddie Murphy. Buford. 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 Does this mean Buford, if not for the intervention of Phineas and Ferb, could have become the next Doofenshmirtz? Ooh, maybe. I think Phineas could have been the next Doofenshmirtz. If not for the intervention. Maybe Doofenshmirtz is a very competent child. Yeah, so he could. He couldn't be the next Doofenshmirtz. Okay, theory. Theory, theory. Phineas is Doofenshmirtz if Ferb wasn't there. Because I think mm. Ferb is the one who does everything. It's no Tony It's no Tony Hawk, uh, <laughs> Avril Lavigne, but this'll do. I thought you were going to say Tony and Sarah. Because <laughs> Sarah does all the work for Tony when he's at war. Ooh. Rip. Oh, I was about to say that I think Phineas could have been Doof if his parents were more, like, abusive. <laughs> Yeah, oh. I, I think well, the, the, that didn't so, happen for many reasons. Yeah, so Phineas and Candace were the same character. Maybe it, it's like Phineas plus trauma equals Stephen Schmertz. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, this is taking a really dark turn. This is what happens when you have a social worker on the call. Is it? Psychoanalyze every single character, right? I mean, we gotta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we so uh. Doof is gaslit, um, and then he decides that uh, 
Oh, I wrote some. I wrote Doof in a spot during my notes that is not about Doof. But Doof wants to blow up the moon. And, uh, yeah, he wants to blow up the moon because he doesn't like the songs about the moon. So many stupid songs about the moon. And Dr. Havarlik agrees, but he misses and hits a dam. And he's like, at least there's no more songs about dams. And she's like, oh, but I like them. Which I feel is something Navi would say. It is something I would say. How how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think of any songs about dams. Uh, Can't think of a dam bridge is falling down. No, that's, that's about not the a plague. Dam. No, that's ring around the rosy. Sorry. Can't think of a damn one, can we? Huh. <laughs> Just around the river bend. That's not about. That's about rivers. I didn't know if if uh, there was a difference between a dam and a levee, the American Pie, drove by oh, Chevy to the, the Chevy levee. To the levee and the levee was, oh, I, oh, extraordinary. I don't I don't know much, enough about uh, water infrastructure. Yeah, what's the difference between a dam and an aqueduct? Levees are typically earthen embankments that are designed to control, divert, or contain the flow of water to reduce flood risk. Unlike dams, these man wow. these man-made structures typically only have water only on, typically have water only on one side to protect to protect the dry land on the other side. Mm. Interesting Ooh. knowledge. See, we learn here. Um, but the the dam breaks and the river flows and washes away the painting that Jango, Phineas, and Ferb had created. Um, and then when we fast forward, Doof is very sad. And Dr. Havarlik tells him that evil can be both small scale and large scale. And she's going on this speech and he's like, oh my God, that makes perfect sense. And then before he finishes the sentence, she's like, but you, you are awful at evil. You are useless. You will never be evil. And mm -hmm. you suck, basically. Um, so she storms out and Perry shows up behind him. And he's like, he, he cracks a joke at, or like cracks a smile at him and does the finger guns. So gives him a little ego boost, I guess. That's the end of the Doof plot, besides the cutscene where he does impress my professor with prize. So any thoughts on the Doof and Schmertz storyline? I definitely like like the part where he's trying to uh, like impress his professor to get in her good like that that as a grad student resonates deeply with me. Did you feel seen? I feel very seen. Yes. Um do you have a professor you would like to impress by giving them a shout out on your podcast? I, I don't think they'll ever listen to this, but uh, there are several I would like to impress. Uh, maybe if you show them your avatar uh, game that you created, they might be impressed, which, spoiler alert for tomorrow's episode of Angin there, will be mentioned. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So if we want to rewind it back, to the start with Phineas and Ferb. So at where we left off, uh, Django and Phineas and Ferb, they decided to make a giant painting, uh, recreation of the painting that Django made um, in the unpainted valley next to the giant donuts on the mountain, uh, the unpainted desert. They use giant paints from the museum, which isn't that theft? Well, if you remember, those are uh, Beppo's former exhibit. That's his former exhibit. Sure. So technically, yes. And if his son is using them, he probably is going to get in less trouble. 
true. Yes. Um, so they use. I did love the little touch of them surfing on the paintbrushes. That was a cool little feature. Um, this like jump on things and like splat paint everywhere, and they just paint a canvas. Um, but Candace wants the giant exit sign, but then she's like, you know what? I'm gonna go look at these donuts. They're kind of cool. She sees them, uh, and Vinny's and Ferb and Django sign the bottom of the thing. Um, that's very key to this. So she looks at the donuts, and then she turns the telescope a little bit to the to the unpainted desert. And she's like, wait, that's not painted. Phineas and Ferb. And she's like, mom, mom, mom. And I like this little moment where she's like, mom, mom, mom. And then Django's like, dad, dad, dad. And Jupiter's just like, doctor, doctor, doctor. <laughs> like, and it all cuts together. Um, so uh, the dam blows up. And it washes away the painting. Vinny. Vinny just jumped. Is Vinny okay? Oh, he's fine. He just likes to scare me. Yes. Um, I'm okay. Don't worry. Good. Uh, so the dam breaks. The water washes away the painting. Django gets there too late, as does Candace. And Django's sad. He's like, uh, and he improvises. He gives his dad the small painting. And his dad's like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. And he's like, you're not sad that it's too small? And he's like, not at all. I love it. And then he's like, let me put this on the fridge. And it's a giant fridge. And Ferb says something. Will, did you write it down? Um, I did not. Give me a second. Okay. I did not write it down either. But that's the end of the, the episode. So, um, yeah. Beppo loves it. Um, Navi, what, what did you think of this storyline? It was cute towards the end. I will say, as someone who like famously hates abstract art, like I did not <laughs> care for a lot of uh, what is his name, Beppo's uh, uh, work. But you know, hey, at least he made it, I guess. And I think, I think his son will probably be a better artist if he decides to pursue this in the future. If he's ever struggling, he'll probably just sell it off to Disney and take it for the Honey I Shrunk the Kids exhibit. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Phineas says, uh, "Wow, there's no higher place fonder than the fridge." And Verb says, "Especially the giant fridge." And that's the end of the episode. Uh, any I final feel thoughts? Like, oh, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like a lot of a lot of episodes throughout the series don't have like this like moral at the end, mm -hmm. and both for Doofenshmirtz and for Django, it seemed to have this like moral at the end of like you can well for Doofenshmirtz like it's the small things that you can do that matter it doesn't always have to be this big grand display and sort of the same for Django but also like art does not need to be what someone else defines art to be your art is mm -hmm. art and it's valid and creative. except for me I can define art and that was not art mm -hmm. sorry it's also it's also really funny that that uh, the evil scientist has a moral to his story, but the the quote unquote moral is is you know about being evil and how to be evil better. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was just like interesting that like this one seemed to have that, but I feel like a lot of Phineas and Ferb like it just that a lot of the episodes like obviously it's originally a kids show because we all mm -hmm. watched it when we were kids, but they don't feel as like kid show-esque in the same way that like Peppa Pig is where it's like yeah. the lesson is how to be kind to your friends um but this one somehow yeah. seemed to have that and it, it just reminded me like oh yeah this is for like kids and like 
kids were watching this when they were like young young not like me when i was like middle school yeah Mm -hmm. and in in terms just to follow up on this point about morals as we learned from the lyrical poetry that is clifford's puppy days the theme song love makes little things grow and i think that's the moral Mm -hmm. of this episode moral of this podcast true with that do we have any final thoughts before we throw it to another musical break uh, last little fun fact is is uh, the doctor's name, or I guess two fun facts. Uh, one, the doctor's name, Gavarlik, Doctor Gavarlik. Oh, Gavarlik, uh, not Havarlik. Gavarlik means uh, dangerous in Dutch. Ooh. Oh. Um, and also, the uh, the the actor who voices uh, Bebo Brown, Joel Gray. And the actress who voices Dr. Kavar, like Jennifer Grey of, of Dirty Dancing fame, uh, they're uh, father and daughter. Oh. Wow. Oh, Dirty Dancing. Now I've had the time of my life watching this episode. No one puts Vinny in a corner. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> no this one. is baby. Yes. So while Vinny leaves his corner, we will go to another musical break. And when we come back, Navi will lead us through the feedback and the rankings. Pleasure. Back in class, Evil 101. I always had so much fun. Though the one who advised me openly despised me. Still, I always tried to be number one. Well, I wanted a mentor to share my worldview. But I got a tormentor. I was hated, it's true. Now I have one more chance and it could mean my advancement. So there's only one thing I must do. I must impress my professor. He's got to be good. I must impress my professor. He's misunderstood. He needs And we are back, everyone. We are uh, gonna put some oil on Candace. And whoa, <laughs> whoa. yeah, uh, I regret saying that, but too late. I put it there. Um, we are gonna mark and paint our our <laughs> rankings into into history. So, first off, Navi, give us some feedback. Yes. So we got an email from Deanne, I believe is. The name? Yeah. Yes, Deanne. Deanne's been trying to contact us apparently for a long time, and we just haven't been plugging our email these past few episodes. <laughs> We're so sorry. Yeah, she I just wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Uh, she just wanted to thank us for the shout out, and she's also uh, she's also like, "Hey, my son is nineteen, so you don't have to worry about swearing." <laughs> We we were really worried a few weeks ago because she told us that she's been listening with her son, and we were like, "Oh no, should we be should we be swearing?" I mean, but Naomi son? was on the podcast dropping all kinds of language, yeah. so we had reason to be concerned. Uh, but yeah, very very happy to hear from from Deanne, uh, who uh, was recommended to us or 
found us Red, via Jason we, we were we were recommended to her by jason curtis rivera yes. our your friend and mine yes dn listens to the psych podcast and when jcr came on here and then plugged his appearance on this oh hmm, i know you don't know it's funny because that's the name cool of the podcast yeah yes you um, know i don't you don't know i know that you know that i don't know that you know i know that you don't know Icky dick, wow. dick is how I say it. <laughs> um, but yes, Deanne, thank you for listening. And if you or your son ever have feedback, just email us now that you know our email address. Um, I'm very curious, Deanne, as a mother, did you watch the show with your kid? And what did you think of it? Because my mom popped in and watched some of this episode with me. So it's very... Oh, so nice. Yeah. She loves Perry the Platypus. Um, but yeah. Navi, what else do we got in the feedback? Well, Deanne had a couple of questions for us. Um, she was wondering how convenient it was that uh, Django's dad's previous art project was really big art supplies. A little convenient. Incredibly makes- convenient. Uh, honestly, what what surprises me is that you know he made this exhibit that was really big art supplies, and they were actually the really supplies themselves. Supplies? Yeah, they they weren't just like things made to look like really big art supplies they actually were giant paints and things and i think the most convenient thing is that that exhibit was still fully in the museum Mm -hmm. when they needed it because usually things either end up in archives or end up in storage or end up wherever the artist wants them to be and unless beppo like owns this gallery or museum Mm-hmm. Why is his stuff still there? It 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 sounds like he's very much like a like an artist in residence or something like that, where yeah, he's true. always got an exhibit going on. That's the vibe I got too. Also, how surprised were you by how fancy and spacious Stoops' part apartment was? Did he have a fireplace in there? Do I remember seeing a fireplace? Yeah, whenever he did, the power didn't he? was out. It seems it, I don't know much about building code. It seems unsafe to have a fireplace in in this very tall building apartment, but uh, yeah, every every time it looks like a fun place to live, to be honest. But he always has like different corners of his apartment, right? Like we always see like a different part of his apartment. So I guess I wasn't as surprised because I've seen mm-hmm. more of it before. Um, but yeah, he definitely like. If he downsized, he could use his money to do so many other things and just live his life. Mm-hmm. I was not surprised considering he is collecting that alimony. Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh maybe it's rent controlled or something. Maybe he, he like inherited the apartment or inherited the building and it's it's just rent controlled. It just happens to be <laughs> the right shape and Yeah. I believe Furb, it. a furb shaped building. Yes. Conspiracy theory. Ferb's side of the family actually owned the building and gave it to mm. Duke as a gift. That, that could be true as well. Well, we have the huge from Giovanni. And Giovanni asks, is Monsters of Phineas and Ferbenstein, or Ferbenstein, canon to the series? Uh, he doesn't think so because they break the fourth wall with discussing what the colors of the story should be told. It's never referenced again in the series and Ferb's grandpa more than likely made the whole story up. So what's your take on all this? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the definitely, like, 
it's definitely canon in the sense that like it's a story that's being told by the grandpa um how true that story is 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 maybe up for debate um i would i would probably believe it since he knows it and also doofenshmirtz knows the same story from a different Mm -hmm. perspective um I would say, if anything, there's probably a lot of details that are wrong just from, from being Unless, passed down for, for that many generations. Unless. Herb's fa- side of the family and Duke's Ooh. family conspired to make the up this family. story, which explains the Ferb-shaped building belonging to Doof now. Oh, the thread is beginning up. to unravel. <laughs> I would ask Dan Povenmire on TikTok, but I don't think he would answer. Hmm. You never know. Shoot your shot. Um, I do have a question, though, like, based off this. I've like, seen him you... answer some stuff. After some of the Belgeet stuff, he sort of slowed down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that, that is true. I, I saw him answer a, a question about uh, back when he wrote for Rocco's Modern Life. And he was... he was Because Rocco's Modern Life is, like, famously a, a show that really pushed the boundaries with what they could sneak past the FCC censors. Um, and, and someone asked him about like, you know, it was either like what, what the dirtiest joke was that they made it to air or, or what, uh, what lines they weren't allowed to cross or something like that. And he was, he was showing a clip from the show that was like, whenever, uh, uh, Rocco's friend Heifer, who is a steer, accidentally got hooked up to a, a milking machine. Uh, there was there was some uh, things that went on there, or were implied to have gone on there. Oh wow! Um, I have a question about this episode. So, do we think that? So, I know The Simpsons does tons of parodies and like with different like spoofs on movies and stuff. And I know that Phineas and Ferb did the Star Wars and the Marvel, and then this one was kind of like a spoof on Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Do we think that, like, we, I feel like, is it a missed opportunity that they haven't done more, especially being in the Disney universe, they could do, like, the Lion King via Phineas and Ferb sort of, like, stories, like, every once in a while, kind of like a Treehouse of Horror, or do we like that they don't do that? Because it's just a question I thought, like, while watching this Frankenstein spoof. I yeah, I think, of, sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, I, I think that, like, Phineas and Ferb is definitely has a good uh, ensemble cast to work with that they can do a lot of these parodies with. Um, that that I, I I think it's a good venue for it, but the show is also just good at standing alone on its own. It, it, you almost don't want to yeah. paint it into that corner too much. Yeah, and I was gonna say just elaborating on that that I like that. Most of what it's referencing now belongs to to Disney, but at mm-hmm. the time did not necessarily belong to Disney. Um, and because it's not constantly referencing other classic Disney movies, it feels less stereotypically Disney Channel and feels more like a show that honestly could be on any kid's channel and could be for anyone who wants to watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that referencing like Frankenstein and Star Wars and Marvel also draws in either older kids who are watching with their siblings or parents to help it be a little bit less boring. Whereas if it was like referencing the Lion King, like the kid gets it, but like the parents, like there's nothing in this for me. Yeah. 
And then, just to follow up, uh, they also did the Swiss Family Robinson. That's another parody that they do that I remember Swiss mm. Family Experience. And then that kind of is a question that Giovanni asked me privately. Uh, do we think the show would work on another network or do you think Disney Channel was the only network it would succeed on? I said I think it works on any network. It's just probably different. Mm. but Yeah, I think so too. It, it's like, if anywhere, it would probably have to go to Cartoon Network. Yeah. Just because yeah. at, at this time, uh, 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 Nickelodeon animation was was so heavily dominated by both SpongeBob and Butch Hartman. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that I, I, yeah, that like I don't know if there was room for this show to to really thrive in there at the same time. Yeah, maybe where, it became, uh, like a Mighty B sort of like they would like throw it wherever that went and then yeah flop. But I this, think uh, yeah. at a different time it might have worked on Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. but I also think it wouldn't work on on not Food Network, Cartoon Network. At the time, it wouldn't work on Food Network either. But it, uh, mm-hmm. it wouldn't work on Cartoon Network because at that time you have Codename Kids Next Door, you have Ed, Ed and Eddie. Uh, Cartoon Network really seems to be the crazy out there. See, but like, I also think yeah, your brother and all of, these other channels. I mm-hmm. think they could like this is kind of like a wacky like Steven Universe Adventure Time like it fits that kind of mold in a way, mm-hmm. right? So what would they a couple the years afterwards? Because yeah, like right like, now, would... go ahead. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was just gonna say like this is the time of like uh, the Amazing Flapjack and all Shout those out. other like very different shows of like this is very clearly like out there a different world but like Phineas and Ferb is realistic enough while being crazy that I think it just like just misses the mark but when Steven Universe and like Adventure Time start coming out that's when it would succeed on Cartoon Network so I think it was just more of a timing issue than anything else don't Mm -hmm. sleep on Camp Lazo Mm mm-hmm Navigate yeah, Car- Cartoon Network. I, I looked up shows that were on Cartoon Network in 2008. My gym lineup we have is Codename Kids Next Door, Camp Laszlo, My Gym Partner's a Monkey, 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 monkey. Ben 10, Ben 10 Alien Force. Uh, ben 10 the, goes off. The Andre Thousand cartoon, Class of 3000. These were all shows that my brother loved, and because he loved them, I hated them. <laughs> yeah. But I also loved them. Mm-hmm. Navi, what, what were you going to say earlier? I forgot we can move on. Okay. What's the next question? Uh, well, Giovanni also tweeted us and he was saying, uh, why doesn't Django become a recurring character after this? Because I guess afterwards, this is like the last we see of him well, as a prominent person. Definitely one more episode with Django because I remember when they like shrink down and do the Honey, I Shrink the Kids sort of episode. It's like Django's involved in that, but yeah, I think I read in the wiki there's a lot of episodes that he's in but like doesn't have a speaking part. Um Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know if they just like didn't like the actor or didn't think the character was interesting he enough. He doesn't pop as much as the other ones that they have. Like mm-hmm. he's like background fireside girl status character. Um I had the page for the wiki page for Django pulled up a second ago. Do you think he would ever come out with his own art exhibition called Django Unchained? <laughs> Django Unpainted. There we go. 
Django Unchanged. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm looking at the wiki here, and there's a lot where he just, like, appears. You see him in the background kind of stuff. That um, there's one episode, I think, he, he gets, like, a line in in season four. But, yeah, it's, it's like, one of the last episodes in season four. But, yeah, this is, this is kind of it for hearing the, the great voice of uh, his name is... They don't make this easy for me to find. Vincent Martello. No. Alec Holden. Uh, oh, th- it's not even the same voice actor whenever it, it, in season four. It's a different voice actor. Yeah. They fired him. His contract was not renewed, much like Jets in Avatar. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the guy who plays Django, Alec Holden is uh like three weeks younger than me well happy belated birthday to him yeah june 8th is his birthday we got any more feedback or are we going to rankings uh that's about it for feedbacks we can get into the rankings if you're all ready for yeah, that I, I saw there was there was another part of of dn's email that made me laugh that asked if if the art enough to get navi to put her book down uh, <laughs> drag her uh, dan and, and i i well the the perfect uh the perfect uh uh, uh marriage of the two would be to get like a coloring book it's, yeah. It's book and it's art. Yeah, but I have to like move my wrists. Navi likes is, to is be that, in one position. She likes yeah, it's fit. a bit too much. Yes. I'm also not artistic, so that's a thing. Yeah. Well, that's a, a coloring book. You don't have to be. They've they've got the. I can color in the lines. Do you think I was good at that at school? Well, that's 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 art. Art's all about coloring outside the lines. Whenever. Navi, you're good at everything. You are so incorrect, but I appreciate that. <laughs> that's what I'm here for, just to like gas all of you up. Like I that's why I come in the podcast, just to be nice. In that case, we're gonna we're gonna have you back every week. <laughs> it worked. I need I need someone to be nice to me all the time. Are we not nice? No, I, I, <laughs> I also come to start drama. That too. But they, they said they were going to gas, gas us up. I need someone to gas me up all the time. That's what I need. I need the, I need the, oh, yeah. the, the confidence boost. Yeah, I can't do that. That's a lot of work. I don't have energy for that. <laughs> you got to move your wrist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, so why don't we get into the rankings? So let's start off with the innators. We have the concoction brewinator. And are we counting the blendinator even though we don't really Ooh, see it in uh, action? You know, I, I, I didn't have it written down, but now that you mention <laughs> it, I, I kind of want to rank it even though it's literally just a blender. Same. And were all the other innators he mentioned when showing them to the professor already on the list? Yep, all, all of those are Yeah, I believe they before. are. Okay. I'm a very visual person. If I don't see something in front of me, I don't know if it's there. 
Is there an innator in the first half that we're counting? Uh, that is. Oh, I was going to count the the concoction brewinator. Okay. Um, yeah. Because technically, a Doctor Doofenshmirtz made it. Not not the same one we've been talking about, but a different Doctor Doctor Jekyll Doofenshmirtz made it. So I, I figured I'd put it in there. Uh, let's see. I haven't figured out the blendinator yet. So I, I I'll start at least where I put the concoction brewinator. Um, I thought it was really fun. I liked that it had a switch that turned him into a fairy princess. Uh, me that's, too. that's honestly where I got most of the points for, for me was because of the, the fairy princess mode. Um, I think I have it just, just below a lot of the things that I think are super petty. Um, but above the tier of things, it's like just uh, destroying something or getting rid of something. So this, this sits at number 15 for me, right below the atomic leaf flower in Ader. All right, and what about you, Felipe? I have the Concoction Brewinator at 24 under the Blendinator, which I just put there, and which is under the Make Up Your Mindinator and above the Woodinator, because I feel like the Blendinator is funny for the lols, so it's above the Concoction Brewinator, but I think both of these are just like average. They're not super memorable in the long term. Like, I mm -hmm. think they have iconic names, and that's why they are bumped above stuff. They're in the same tier as the Atomic Leaf Blowinator, Blowerinator, and Make Up Your Mind Inator, the Gluminator 3000 Inator. So like that kind of range, but it's not super memorable as like what it does besides being a blender. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Jay, did you have thoughts on either of these Inators? So again, I really like the duality of what is on one side is this monster and what's on the other side is a fairy princess when um, also, if you go back to the origin of origin of like fairies, they're also chaotic evil um, in some ways. So I don't know. I feel like, but because that potential wasn't picked up on, I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know. Takes away from it for me. They're less fun that way. F nice fairies aren't fun. Um, I do like the Blendinator because I think it's just really funny. Mm -hmm. Like I just. I laughed out loud. I thought it was really, really funny, especially the fact that it blended whole apples. And I think that's a strength that many blenders don't have. Mm -hmm. So because it's a stronger blender than most, it gets extra points in my book. Yeah, so I I liked both of these innators. I have the concoction brewinator at number 10 for the same reasons you did. I contemplated putting the blendinator at number one. It's. I thought you see. might. I thought you might. <laughs> But I'm like, no, I shouldn't do it on such a nice day like today. I can't make the people angry. And by the people, I mean Felipe. So <laughs> I put it at number 11. So they're back to back. I, I put the Blendinator at 17, I think is where I landed with it. Uh, a couple mm -hmm. spots below the Concoction Brewinator. The, this one could easily, I may be convinced to put it way higher later. Uh, because I think it's really funny that he's just calling his blender a blendinator. Um, but it, it's it's funny. I like it. Yes. So why don't we move on to the, uh, I know what we're going to do today. Question. So for the first episode. Yeah. Yes. That's my question. Okay. I just have a follow-up. Uh, okay. Uh, so there, we have, I guess, technically 
two for the first episode like they have them listening to grandpa reg and then like what actually goes on in the story do we count which one do we count do we count both the one that i ranked was the thing that phineas and ferb did the the okay. fact that they listen to grandpa reginald's story on a rainy day if you want we could also rank you know building a giant platypus monster mm-hmm. but uh i i i'm uh, i'm open to it i haven't done it yet but i'm open to it I'm good with whatever. Okay. Well, I'm also indecisive, so someone take the lead on this. My vote is that in the past, it has only been what Phineas and Ferb are doing that day. Mm -hmm. And technically, in the story, they were different characters, different people, who very clearly, if both Doofenshmirtz and Grandpa Reg both know the story, it is likely that something happened. So, different people. Therefore, it's what Phineas and Ferb were doing that day. Yeah, but uh, to counter that, if we counted what Dr. You wanted me to Jekyll make a decision. Schmerz, well, yeah. no, because it jogged my memory. If we counted what Dr. Uh, Jekyll Doofenshmirtz did, then I guess we have to count what Phineas Stein and Ferb did. Oh, no, no, no. I meant, I meant we were only going to talk, because it happened in the story, they were different people, so they don't count. So that includes Doc, uh, Jekyll. Yeah, so I, get rid of the concoction Bruinator? I think I'm I think I'm leaning towards we we do rank the concoction Bruinator, we don't rank the platypus monster. I'm um, okay. Whatever be, she decides. Be, because the other thing is an innator, and and I, I agree with what Jay said that these okay. are different characters that did this. Follow up. Um, <laughs> there just... one and there was a thing where like the episode where any of the like Candace driven episodes, we haven't even if they're like the main plot, we haven't counted though hey i, I ranked the betty bus what phineas and ferb do oh okay well yes. if you want to rank felipe this, is not a we um, yeah. I, I have a follow-up then are we ranking this as a doofenshmirtz backstory then um it's, it's not family backstory I, I i think this is also not a, a backstory because it's not him um yeah. it's not we, tragic uh, like, or anime he he did like <laughs> mention a couple of backstory things that like the fact that his dad told him this story so he would wet the bed or you know, the fact that he knew this this professor from from well um both of those both of those things are like mentions of backstories but i don't think if if we don't actually see a young heinz doofenshmirtz i don't think it's that's, okay. that's just i'll my, go with that because yeah, like rank what you want to rank I'll just go with that. Sure. That's like, well, plus that's like okay. one less thing I have to worry about. Um, so where are yeah. we ranking Grandpa Reg? This <laughs> is story. <laughs> or I listening put, to Grandpa Reg. I put Rainy Day Stories at number 13. Wow, right above okay. Lazy Day because I feel like it's the same. Um, under one hit wonder. I don't know. Just like the rain pitter pattering and like just being inside seems like takes me back. And I feel like those were like always fun days. Like the, the rain outside uh, so you're inside and like have to be creative and do things inside or watch movies. My so, first, I don't know. My first thought was, yeah, I like rainy days. It's you know, it's nice to stay inside during a rainy day. Uh, but then uh, the one key factor that made me put this a few spots below doing nothing was the fact that the power was out. Um, if they had the power. I think I think just being inside on a rainy day is fun. Being inside 
on a rainy day and you don't have power, I think is much less fun. But if it's fun. on for an hour, it's fun. Well, that's the thing. You don't always know how long it's going to be. True. Uh, I, I grew up in an area that was that had many uh, tornadoes and thunderstorms. And True. Yeah. No, so I was going to say, like, having power when I lived down. in L.A., it drizzled once for, like, 15 minutes. So I was like, I kind of missed that. So then being back here was, like, kind of cool every time there was rain. But I mm. never grew up where you grew up, so... All, all this to say, I put this at number 33. <laughs> this one's pretty low for me. I thought I was muted. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. I'm keeping that in. Uh, for people who are listening, Jay has turned a bright tomato red. <laughs> I'm also very hot in this apartment. Yeah. Oh, the weather has been crazy. Navi, can we get a weather update from Winnipeg? Well, it's like... 30 degrees Celsius, which I guess is like, I don't know, like 80, 90 degrees Fahrenheit. 30 C, there. that's like 80 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a codename yeah. Kids Next Door reference. <laughs> I got it. Wallaby. Uh, it's 86 yes. to be precise in Fahrenheit. Yeah, but the thing is the AC's on full blast, so I'm like covered in blankets right now. <laughs> so I'm cold. Classic Navi. All right. Um, as to where I would put listening to Grandpa Reg's story, it is at number three, just behind Lazy Day, and number one is still getting a sandwich. So, those are that's my ranking for that one. Um. Okay. Um. And where are we putting? Yeah, paintings. Where would y'all put painting? I put it in the same tier, but a little lower. I put it at sixteen between Betty Bus and Love Handle Reunion Concert. The Love Handle Reunion Concert seems like too much work. Whereas painting, you can just like, ah. <laughs> did he just rage quit the podcast? Will was so mad that he just quit. He was like, you know what? F this. You have Nathan to replace me. I Call I Nathan up. Get him on the pod. Um, I, I'm shook. But anyways, I'm not just going to keep going with my point. Uh, I'm going to, I like, it seems fun to do. And like making a mess is like fun. But then like you don't have to clean it up so that's nice but i don't i think the other ones are a little more relaxing and this might be where i kind of side with navi where if you're not doing anything that's better than exerting energy yeah navi, I agree with you, Felipe. my name is will <laughs> <laughs> will where would you put this okay i'll just uh, do my ranking i put it at number 24 between some more and finding teen perry the teenage girl i'm just not an artistic person so i don't care about this so you know why. what happened to Will? His power went out and he had to entertain himself with ghost stories. Oh. Jay, where would well, you rank this? I rank this the exact same place that Felipe ranked it. For the exact same reasons. Because I don't have a list in front of me and I haven't watched them all recently. I've watched them over like the past couple months, but... Because yeah. I watch my listen every week, but I never submit feedback because I also because I never stressed about missing out on the icky dick feedback, so you have to prioritize. It's okay, we understand. I just figure eventually you'll invite me on, and I'll be able to share all my takes then. Yeah, um, the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boys by the Andrews Sisters is the last Boogie thing that Woogie Woogie Bugle Boy. Yeah. Um, do do we uh, wanna? Just go through the rest of the podcast, and when Will comes back, we can circle back to his thoughts. Yeah, sure. Did thanks. his power really go out? I don't know. Oh, uh, I thought I thought you were for real. I can message him. 
Sure. Yeah. So, Navi, take me where we go next. So let's go to the songs. Um, why don't we rank Impress My Professor first? Okay. I have Impress My Professor right above. So just for transparency, I moved Go Phineas Ferb from 40 up to 34. But mm-hmm. both these songs beat Go Phineas and Ferb. So it is now Go, Go Phineas Go. It is now the new 36. I put Impress My Professor at 35. I think it's catchy, but it's not that like boppable. Like it's it's like low Spotify and sometimes a skip, sometimes you'll listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have it at number. Let me just see here. Yeah, I have it at number uh 20 or no, number 30 between she's a truck driving girl and pin bowling. Like I can remember it, but with like the rest of the song coming up I don't see myself really thinking about it as often as like some of the other stuff that's higher up on my list here no for sure yeah um are we counting so (laughs) the Phineas and Ferb wiki have the busted conga that like Candace does are we counting that as a song Uh, I don't I did not I thought about it in a moment but but I did not oh uh Will's internet kicked him off so I feel like that's very disrespectful on Pride Month. I just was typing that, so yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so Navi, what's the other song that we are ranking? He's Eviler. He's Eviler. I put that right above Impress My Professor. He's Eviler at 34, right between that and Truck Driving Girl. And it's just a knockoff of the Fairly Odd Parents theme song. Like, if yeah, you listen to A little it, bit. Yeah. So that's yeah, why. but just because something's like a knockoff just still doesn't mean it's not a bop. It's not as iconic. That one, I was like dancing in my seat when I listened to that, the Fairly Odd theme song uh, during the bracket. This one, I was like, okay, this is catchy, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such, I think other stuff are better. So, Natty, what about you? Where do you have it? Um, well, I agree. It's not as good. I have it at like number 25 between the theme song and Mom's Birthday Song. Um, yeah I know you compared it to the fairly odd parent song in terms of Phineas and Ferb songs itself I compared it most to uh, my goody tissues brother I felt like it had like the same sort of vibe to it yeah and I think that's the better song than this so that's partly why I'm ranking it as low oh you think he's eviler has that vibe or impressed my professor uh I feel like I think my professor has the more goody two shoes because he has the cane and he's doing the line dancing. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I meant. They're both like pertaining to like evilness. So yeah, um, not great song yes. title for the first one. Yeah, um, but yeah. So where do we go from here, Navi? Episodes. Yeah, we have episodes. So where would you put? Uh, uh, what was the episode's name? I have it right here. Uh, the monster of Phineas and Furbenstein, or Furbenstein. Will is coming back, so we can get his rankings first. Oh, okay. Yeah, if it if it allows him in. In the meantime, let me just tell everyone what's coming up next week. We'll have the great AJ Norris to talk about 
um, out of uh, out of town or out of town Redux or something. It's uh, it's unfair science fair and unfair science fair Redux. Okay, yes. welcome back, me. Hello. Yes, we're just Yay. talking about what we have next week with the great AJ yeah. Norris. He's doing the RHAP Blood versus Water recap as a warm up yeah. act to hopefully not another five hour podcast because we usually <laughs> record them on the weekdays and now I have a job. But if it's so one hours, you have AJ be- and I on the same podcast because it would be too powerful. It would yes, we can't. We can't. It have would shut up Will's internet forever. Here. Yeah. It would be like place place your bets now. How many hot dogs will AJ forget to warm during the before the podcast? <laughs> I would say four. Four. Okay. Um. Next week. Uh. So unfair science fair for for the fans of the songs. Uh. Might have a top five song in it. Just, just putting that out there. Yes. Ooh, so speaking a, of spoiler, got a little Queen of Mars action. And I'm the Queen of Mars. Such a bop. Um, so, Will, just to give you an update, Navi and I went through. We got through songs, and we were just going to circle back when you got back on the call. So okay. Well, I am back. You have. Uh, so the song. So to finish with the, I know what we're going to do today. So I ranked the uh, Frankenstein story pretty low. That's number thirty-three. Um, and the giant painting, I have it 26. It's right above, it's literally one step above nothing for me. Um, but I'm also just not, not a big painter. I guess. Yeah, Navi and I were like, be moved it depends. Do you feel like exerting your energy and surfing down the paintbrushes, or do you feel like doing nothing? That's basically what it is. That does sound fun, though, the, the, the paintbrush surfing. It does not. <laughs> it's no book. Uh, did you all rank the songs or should I? Yes, we rank the songs, but uh, you can go ahead and we can also tell you. Uh, I rank them at 34 and 35, respectively. In oh, I, I have them at uh, 18 and 15. I, he's, he's eviler. I, I love the uh, uh, like like uh, boogie woogie bugle boy about it. Uh, I have it a, a few spots below Swinter, which is the, the song I think it's most similar to. I would definitely listen to this song. Where would you uh, have so the fairly have... odd theme song in this rankings? Just oh, for understanding. Uh, pretty pretty high. I, yeah. I I like that song a lot too. Because it has vibes. Uh, so yeah, he's eviler at 18 and then impressed my professor just because I relate to it so much. Um, and also like any anytime Doofenshmirtz is singing show tunes, I mean there, there's a reason I have Goody Two Shoes Brother so high. Uh, so I have I have impressed my professor at 15. Yeah, when he breaks out the cane in the top hat. Yeah. Speaking, I know we mentioned uh, sing-along songs earlier. Did you ever watch that Winnie the Pooh, um, the one where he's searching for his song? And then yes. and he has like that kind of, um, okay, that that lives around in my head as well, like that owl. Um, thank you, Jay, for getting it. I got you. This is why we're soulmates. Um, sure. So, Navi, where are we going episodes now? Yeah, so where would we rank uh, the monster of Phineas and Furbenstein or Furbenstein? Hmm. I need a second to think about this. Uh, so I, I can go first then. I this I love this episode. This is a a memento tier episode. Uh, I, I give it a full four out of four corn dogs. Uh, I have this at number three. Uh, it's it's my number three favorite episode, right behind Flop Stars, right ahead of Phineas and Ferb get busted. Uh, I I love all the little like literary allusions, that, and especially now, 
not knowing the fr- story of Frankenstein super well, learning about all of the the little allusions I missed. Uh, um, uh, really love this episode. So I'll it was trans- it was bussin' bussin'. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be transparent. I had to pause a lot during the episode and rewind a lot because people were distracting me and doing things around the house. So I didn't absorb it properly like I did the second episode. And even that one, I was looking at my paper writing notes for the most part. Mm-hmm. So um, if I was giving a full attention, I will rewatch this before we do our wrap-up show this episode specifically. But at the moment, I have it at number 24 between The mm-hmm. Magnificent Few and It's a Mud, 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 Mud World. But I promise to rewatch this episode and reevaluate because I know it's like the situation that I was watching in. Sure. Navi? Yeah, so I really enjoyed both of these episodes as well. Uh, I have uh, The Monster of Phineas and Furbenstein at number 14 and Oil on Candace at number 15. I think 15 and up are all like fantastic episodes that I would be down to rewatch whenever. And so I think that's sort of like my threshold at this point. It what makes a good memento episode mm-hmm. versus like what doesn't make a good memento episode. So, uh, yeah, those are my rankings on the episode. Jay, what's up? Are you still alive? I am. I was just, Vinny is crying, so I had to be on mute and all that. Um, I think that this episode, I had a harder time coming up with games when I watched it. Like, I was able to come up with games for the last time I was here. Did you bring us a game Um, or no? And part of that is because I now have a full-time job and I have someone here visiting. And part of that was because as much as I love Frankenstein and as much as I am an art fan, there's no Tim Curry. Mm. And overall, I think it was a it was a good episode, but I don't think that it was an exceptional episode. I don't think it was the top 10 episodes. So I'd probably rank it probably similarly to how you did Navi because I feel like the top 15 would probably be my cutoff point for like these are like episodes that I remember these are episodes that I really could watch anytime and anything after that is like like I don't think there's any so far anyway bad episodes but there's oh there there was one that was definitely a bad episode maybe a couple yeah but I'm not counting that one but I remember off the top of my head so it doesn't matter the 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 caveman episode was was, Mm, you're right was was so all but one have been really they've been (laughs) good episodes but i don't i think this one fell into the good not great yeah yeah that's that's how i felt about the the oil on candace uh so i have that one at, at number 16 that that's definitely in my my good not great tier i i'd probably give it about like uh Somewhere between a three and a three point five out of four. I'd say I'd give it a uh, maybe three point two corn dogs out of four. Yes, I put it personally at fourteen, uh, right between Ready for the Bettys and Candace loses her head. Um, I think part of this was because I remember the paintbrushes and the giant paint in the valley, and not as much the Duke plot here, but I enjoyed this. And again, good, not memento. Navi, what about you? Already talked about how I put oh, them yes. 14 and 15. Yeah. Love that. Um, any final thoughts on these episodes? No, it was really like a good pair of episodes, I'd say. I we're in, we're in a real good streak right now of, of good episodes. Definitely are. And I'm so excited for Queen of Mars next week. Um, 
now should we get into some plugs, everyone? Yeah. Unless Jay has a mm-hmm. Jay, do you have a game for us or no? Do I have a what? A game for us or did you not? You oh no, have... I couldn't come okay. up with a game this time. It's all good. We we're running two hours already, so we don't need to break our record yet. <laughs> um, but we, uh, Jay, where can people keep up with you? And uh, what's a pop culture plug? And what else are you doing on the on the interwebs that people should check out? So at the moment, you can find me on Twitter at jmanji underscore. Uh, that's J-A-Y-M-A-N-J-I underscore. You can also find my cat at my kitty Vinny. That's my kitty V-I-N-N-I-E um, on Twitter. He is happy to give you a pep talk any day and give you some cuteness to help you get through whatever you're going through. He's my best friend. Um, otherwise, I'm really excited. So I'm not a horror fan, but I like horror. I like it. I just can't watch it by myself in the dark at night. Especially if mm-hmm. the phone is in it. Yeah. So I'm really excited for the Fear Street trilogy that's coming to netflix soon um which is based on oh my god my brain just went blank what's his name earl stein yeah (laughs) it was a gonna rewind (laughs) i'm really excited about fear street which is coming to netflix it's based on rl stein's uh books and it's sort of meant to be more for teenagers slash young adults, um, which is why I believe that it will not terrify me. Otherwise, um, I'm looking forward to something coming to Disney Plus called the Mysterious Benedict Society. It's already there. It is. It's it already is on the there. first couple yeah. episodes are there, oh, okay. um, but I'm looking forward to the rest of it coming out. Um, I read those books as a kid. They were among my favorite books. Um, they're kind of series of unfortunate events esque. Mm-hmm. But if they focused on the secret society and not so much killing the orphans. Oh, I like so, that. So, highly recommend it. I haven't seen the first two episodes because I'm waiting to binge it. But at least recommend the books. Um, I recommend you watch and you yeah, read. Yeah, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of these books, but I, I saw the trailer. I love Tony Hale. I love Kristen Shaw. Uh, so I'm definitely going to check it out. I'm it if the series good. ends up being a disappointment, still read the books. They're exceptional. Sure. Um, and if it ends up being great, still read the books. They're exceptional. So that's what I got. There you go. Yes. Uh, and Jay is also part of, which Navier I will plug, the, the Clubhouse Panagia chat backs on uh, Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, talking about Survivor South Africa every week. Uh, Jay, Navi, and I are frequent contributors in there led by the lovely, lovely Sarah Carradine. So check that out. Um, and also just find Jam Clubhouse as well. Uh, speaking of Clubhouse, Navi, where can people keep up with you? You can find me anywhere at Cause I'm Navi. Um, and as for a pop culture plug, uh, Tyler, the Creator's new album came out on Friday as of recording this. Call mm. Me If You Get Lost. And it's really good. So check that album out. Love that. Um, Will, what, 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 tell me about what you are, the brothers are talking about these days. Yeah, so um, this past week, so first you can, you can find me on, on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere at Davis, comma, Will. Um, so the other podcast that I do, Everyone and Their Brother, uh, this past week we talked all about Ted Lasso, 
so I had not seen Ted Lasso. I went and visited TJ and we watched all of Ted Lasso in a day. Uh, it's a really funny show, really great show on Apple TV plus, uh, that I enjoy. That could also technically be my, my pop culture plug. Uh, I also watched, uh, two episodes of, um, too hot to handle, too hot to handle two, two H two H two, uh, just, just quality trash television. It is, it is the, the pinnacle of garbage. Will everyone in the brotherhood um, covering sexy beasts? Uh, so in fact, so we played this game a long time ago. Uh, so one of the games we, we play very often, uh, is called everyone in there or everyone up where we have some category and we try and like one up each other and say something that's better or funnier in the category. Uh, and this, this category we had was, uh, worst idea, possible idea for a, a, a reality game show. Um, and someone's idea was the bachelor, but with furries. Was it yours? Yeah, that was TJ's idea, right? Yeah, yeah. So TJ said the bachelor with furries, uh, to which I I named his game for him. It was called the bachelor fur. (laughs) Um, And that's pretty much what sexy beast is. Um, So I I feel like at least you owe TJ a drink. At least one of the four of us will be morally opposed to ever watching the show. So I, I don't, I don't think uh, uh, we will end up talking. But, but maybe who knows? If if yeah. if I've I've watched a lot of bad television, I might end up adding it to the list. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can you can find that podcast anywhere on on Twitter at EATB Podcast or EATBpodcast.com. Yes, and it's such a fun podcast. I highly recommend. Um, in terms of my plugs, you can follow me at what the fleep. Not tweeting that much these days, but Brazil Dragon Pod on social media, as well as what you doing pod at gmail.com for this podcast and what you doing pod on Twitter. Um, the Brazilian Dragon. We had a great episode of the High School Musical and Musical the Series recap pod talk jam and break with Rebecca Shilsky filling in for Caitlin Glacken both last week and this upcoming week. We talked about the horrible dance remix of the Mob Song awful we talked about that Derek Huff dance number um and some more stuff uh we continue to speculate at what point did Joshua Bassett and Olivia Rodrigo have their drama and are they intentionally siding with Olivia Rodrigo because Ricky is the worst also on the Brazilian Dragon Jacob and I hopefully this weekend we'll be back with Scooby Snacks and Chats um but speaking of my guy I was on the Avatar The Last Airbender recap ink in there which drops tomorrow should have been out by the time you're listening to this we talked about lake Lao guy um so many shenanigans and fun was had not as iconic as the aj episode but you should definitely check it out because it was a blast um additionally on the poster recaps network i did a patron only podcast for luca with grace and ariel and that was so much fun they are so fun just like all of you so we love that, uh, and we love the movie. And then lastly, uh, the What You Doing Pod, obviously. Lastly, next week, I believe we are going to record the first episode of the current name, the current working title is 2000's Naomi Screaming at the TV, a parody <laughs> title of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs> so Naomi and I will be watching the Pink Panther movie, and we record that next Friday, so... Yeah, busy, busy week. 
still trying to do this. Also, I think I'm seeing Black Fr- oh, Black Widow next Thursday night, and next Friday is definitely a set day, so I might be dead. But uh, Delirious Podcasting is often the most fun podcasting. So um, that's all I have going on these days. Um, also, check out our guy, AJ. He's going to be on the Survivor Blood vs. Water recap this week. So in preparation yeah. for that. This is my pop culture plug. Uh, I am watching Better Call Saul. No spoilers. If anyone spoils me on the show, which I know I'm, I'm catching up. I'm mid-season. He becomes four. a lawyer. No shit. Uh, no, he starts off <laughs> the show as a lawyer. Oh, okay. I, will I haven't go, seen it. I will go, like Shane Powers, to your little... Meth is involved in, in this future. What? <gasps> yes, I know. No, if you spoil Better Call Saul specifically, I've seen Breaking Bad. Um, and dare I say, Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad. Um, so... I will go to someone's shitty little apartment if someone tweets me spoilers of the show. Um, so. But other than that, we, we I, I just want to say we, we very much appreciate the people who do send us feedback. Yes. Uh, so, so thank you to, to all of the people who tweet at us and send us emails. Uh, it, it really uh, makes my day to see that stuff. Same, yes. And uh, apologies if our responses aren't like super... Like I try to respond to everyone. Uh, on the Twitter, but I, I'm also not on Twitter much these days, so I, I'll get back to everyone eventually. Uh, but yeah, this is so much fun. Always getting to chat with you goobers. Um, sorry, I just called you a goober, but I think we're all goobers, goofy goobers here. Um, but yeah, any hashtag for the week? Uh, hashtag free Britney. Hashtag unionize Alka. Yes, that I was gonna. I was like, did we do anything with Willem Dafoe? But we don't want to traumatize Jay. Listen, yeah. if the men on the Bachelor can unionize, so they I'm gonna unionized? say that again wait, because wait, wait, wait. I messed. They, I can't speak today. Wait, they they they're in a union? Like, no, no, oh. it's a joke about something that happened in the rose ceremony. But it'll be funny oh. for the listeners. Okay, I thought I thought you were talking about like they they're the people who go on the Bachelor franchise now are in the. No, they don't know the word union. They're not smart enough. Um. Mm-hmm. If the men on the Bachelor can union, God damn it! If the men on the Bachelor can unionize, so can Agent P and all of his colleagues. Yes, come on, Peter the Panda, get on that ish. Um, Agent so. V, that's for Vinny, my cat. Yes. Um, just quick reminder: uh, what is the store? The Bucky store. It's, it's called Bucky's. Bucky's, okay. Yes. So- B U C dash E E S. Oh, I guess there's an apostrophe B-U-C-K-E-S. before the E S. Bucky's. Close enough. With that said, corn dog, corn dog. Yummy, 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 yummy. yummy. I. I know you know what you're doing today. I know you know what you're doing. Isabella Buford, Phineas and Ferb, Candace gonna bust you if you. 